It's a great pleasure to welcome to What's Next, Mohamed Manjira, who is the CEO of Zoom Fiber. Uh, Mohamed, firstly, good morning to you. How are you doing? Morning, Aki. I'm doing great in yourself. I'm doing great, thanks. Well, certainly you've been in this business for a long time because I I recall all the way back to Vuma days, you, you were one of the first few people there. I think, I, think, I think you were the first CEO at Vuma, if I'm not mistaken, uh, many, many years ago, or the second or some, but you were there in the early days, right? Yeah, I was there in the early days. So I was part of the first five, if we can call it that, uh, with Neil and, and Joe starting off the company that roped three of us in, myself, Giorgio and, and Ian. So it was good times. We didn't even have an office. We would work out of a out of a coffee shop in Parkhurst. Uh, so it was, it was a great experience. Wow. I mean, those, now you're going back a long way. Well, the, the, the industry has, uh, has matured quite a bit and there's tremendous growth happening and you're now the CEO of Zoom Fiber. Um, and, you know, Zoom Fiber is an interesting company. I want you to tell us a little bit about Zoom Fiber, but a, a key part of Zoom Fiber's business model involves serving that middle and uh, the other fixed network operators that, uh, you know, aren't currently supported, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, why, why do you believe that it's so important to serve this particular market? So I Zoom Fiber was um, born in, in COVID. We formed the company in October 2020. So we were sort of born into having to have already been evolved um, into, into the environment of remote working, etc. Um, we set ourselves a bit of an ambitious target to shareholders to convince them to trust us. And we said, look, Put your faith in us and, and we'll deliver a network within six weeks that is generating revenue. So we started with the first area called Northdale in Peter Maritzburg, middle to middle to lower income area. And by the 15th of December, we had uh, connected and taken live our first client. So we had met the six week target. Um, and that, that initially built a lot of confidence in, in the partners and the stakeholders within, within the business. Why the missing middle? Um, so having grown up myself in, in that missing middle, you know, that, that need to, to understand and to learn more was sort of a personal ambition from, from my side. And, and I mean, we also of a firm belief that, that high-speed, stable connectivity and digital enablement for all aspects of the South African community is, is critical in order to grow and enable our communities across the country. When you take into consideration our history, Aki, I mean, there's always been this great divide across different elements within within our environments, and and through bridging that digital divide, we we feel that the provision of the high speed connectivity to the missing middle is the first step in bridging that division within our country, and is the first step in providing quality service to communities that may have previously been overlooked. I mean, further to that, I mean, we believe that enablement empowers the community and allows the community to develop and grow and have a voice to sort of express them, exp express themselves freely and, and not feel like they've been forgotten. I mean, we don't know where the next great artist, engineer, the next Aki may come from, you know, in terms of, you know. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> And, but it's interesting, I mean, Mohamed. I mean, you, you know, you talk about this middle segment of the market. I mean, it's such an important segment of the market. You know, I mean, you, you look at how it empowers people, how the Internet is empowering people, how it's just literally changed economies across the continent. And you look at the economic benefits that come out of servicing and giving that segment of society access 
to fast internet. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's going to benefit South Africa as a whole. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think Aki, you know, if if we start with a, with a little experience that we had starting in Northdale and why it's so familiar to us. I mean, when we started in Northdale, we started deploying the connectivity, and when we started uh, checking and and measuring the the traffic usage within Northdale, we noticed something odd that. The traffic wasn't as high as we've previously experienced. So we started calling a few residents and trying to understand what, what's the reason behind this. And it wasn't really the response that we expected, but fully understood on our side. So what, what was actually happening was residents in this sort of segment were switching off their devices to try and save internet, not actually understanding that it's uncapped, that it's, wow. that it's actually unlimited. You know, so that education element in this missing middle, in that middle to lower income environment, you know, we're very far away from actually educating these environments of the benefit of connectivity and how it will impact their lives. And I mean, you know, we might sit back and ask ourselves, you know, why, why is this important? I mean, well, it's, it's, it's important because that segment has primarily been serviced via mobile connectivity. And mobile mm-hmm. connectivity in South Africa is, is hellishly expensive. Yeah. And by giving access to the segment, firstly, adds value to every household where the home now has access that they previously may not have had. Um, that kind of gives them the freedom you know, to choose online education, to choose their form of entertainment. It allows remote working that reduces the cost impact on that household. You now have a child in Ranfontein you know, that may be able to go and do an online school in Cape Town or New York. And the parent that might sit in Middleburg who could potentially take up a, a position in, in London and constantly be connected. That's so powerful, Mohammed. I mean, I just think about what you just said, and it actually just makes so much sense because when you look at uh, how people have been using data, for example, there's always that the fear of running out of data, the, the, the fear of running out of airtime. And, and I guess that's why you say that people turn off their routers. Just before we move on, I, I want to ask you, typically those areas that you talk about, can you give us an example in your mind, uh, some of the suburbs that you refer to as the missing middle? I mean, I know you mentioned the one now. W- which other suburbs? I mean, if we can look at Joburg, for example, or Greater Johannesburg, uh, some suburb names so that I can conceptualize what you're talking about, that you've identified. So the areas that we've identified effectively, we've mentioned um, Northdale and Peter Marisburg. We've also deployed infrastructure in Ranfontein. Um, Ranfontein forms part of, or suburbs that form part of Ranfontein are areas like Tukomsris, Moslaking, uh, Westerkloer, uh, Hectaton. These sort of suburbs um, sort of fall within that, that middle to lower income area. In the KZN region, we've deployed in the Bluff in areas like Went, uh, Wentworth, Osterville, um, areas in Stanga, Tongart, you know, we've deployed connectivity within these sort of areas. And I mean, the response has been has been phenomenal. Um, the demand actually out there for connectivity, for cost-effective connectivity, has, has been insane. Um, you know, so that, that's interesting, you know, you talk about the demand, and I guess that's, that's what makes this uh, missile, missing middle a, a great target market for Zoom Fiber, right? From a, from a business sense point of view, You've got that much demand and you're servicing a big area and, and some, you know, many of these areas are densely populated, so you're going to get more users at the end of the day. 100%. I think from a business sense objective, I mean, Zoom Fiber, the, the, the aim for Zoom Fiber was always to build 
a truly South African company with a global footprint. And when we look at our medium to long-term ambitions, I mean, emerging markets for us is something that's really exciting. So what we needed to do was understand that if we intend going into emerging markets over the, over the medium to long term, we needed to understand what investment would work, what would the potential uptake be, and the potential return on investment in that sort of environment within the South African context first. You know, and if it's something that we could replicate in South Africa, something that we could do successfully in South Africa, we could go and potentially replicate this throughout emerging markets globally and take yes. that connectivity element and apply it to other areas throughout Africa, Southeast Asia, South America, wherever the demand uh, you know, may be required on the back of that. And I mean, we've, we, we've been blown away by the, by the response, Aki. I mean, it's, you know, if I tell you effectively in some of those first areas, I mean, and remember Zoom Fiber is only 18 months old. Now, effectively we took our first live client on the 15th of December, 2020 we've already exceeded 50% uptick in some of our wow. areas within the first 18 months. And what that has allowed the business to do, it's built so much confidence in the business because the business broke even after seven months, which is unheard of within the fiber network industry when you consider the amount of capex that's required to deploy these sort of networks. You know, no, it's, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, that's that's great. I mean, it's great that you've identified this market, and it's great that there's such a demand. And it just goes to show you that you know people want connectivity. I see one of the other projects you're involved in is in the Saldana Bay Municipality Smart City Project. Could you tell us a little bit about this particular project and what is the aim of this? Yeah, so, so the Saldana Bay Smart City Project, or it's aptly known as as the Baobab Project. So when you picture the Baobab tree, you picture the the the, the uh, stems, though effectively the roots almost are inverted, you know, in, in terms of in how the tree looks itself with the branches. So the project itself is a phenomenal project. I mean, it's a stuff of dreams for people like me and, and like you, where um, bringing public-private partnerships together, you know, is, is not very common in South Africa. And I mean, the project is so well aligned, aligned to the vision and mission of Zoom Fiber, of my, uh, my team and I, in that in this project, we will be able to service the entire market, the low income, the middle income, as well as the high end earners within an entire municipality. So the project itself aims to create digital inclusion across an entire municipality, regardless of, of your, your income bracket that, that you may be in. And, and Aki, we were not the first uh, fiber network operator to be, to be approached. Effectively, we were like the third or fourth. And the reason why the Saldana Bay municipality eventually settled with us was purely on the basis of our commitment to them to say, we will provide connectivity to all. Where other providers were saying, look, you know, we want to kind of cherry pick where we want to go. You know, we would like to rather go into the high income areas of Langabarn and Saldana Bay, where we had no issue with providing connectivity across the entire municipality. So between Zoom Fiber as well as our partners, which is the Sylvana Bay Municipality, as well as Amoeba TSC, um, we've now recently launched the Citizens app. And the Citizens app will allow every citizen access to view and manage all of their municipal utilities through one interface. So as part of the next phase of the deployment within Sylvana Bay. So the first phase is effectively to lay the infrastructure in the ground. 
And then the second phase is to launch the application so people <clears throat> actually have access to start using that connectivity to manage utilities, to manage information flow from the municipality into mm. their households. Um, and and that's been it's been a massive success and happy to to announce here today that today we've effectively gone live in Saldana Bay in the first three towns of Friedenburg, Saldana Bay and Langebaan. Congratulations. I think it's phenomenal and uh, and absolutely an area that's underserved with this kind of connectivity. So well done. And of course, you know, you and I are very passionate about smart cities and uh, the, 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 the benefits that it brings to citizens. And ultimately, when a city is enabled and it becomes smart and you're offering the services that you're talking about, um, it, it just streamlines entire processes and the city runs better. I mean, the, the, the benefits of building these smart cities are fantastic if they've been developed properly. 100% Aki. I mean, I think as a concept, smart cities are much talked about theory. And, and I mean, nobody would know this better than, better than yourself, Aki. When it comes down to implementation, though, um, the challenges to bring the collective together is a much bigger task than one can imagine. Um, and that's, I think, what we have managed to do successfully. We've managed to bring all of these stakeholders together and start the first phase, first phase of South Africa's really first smart city at a municipal level. Um, I think when we take a step back and we give ourselves sort of that 30,000-foot view of what the benefits are, with the development of mm. smart cities, I think there's a few key fundamentals that we can start enabling. Um, I think access, firstly, to high-speed connectivity, not just within the home, you know, but in the public spaces as well. So if you actually were to go to the Saldana Bay municipality, our goal is that you are connected anywhere in the Saldana Bay municipality. So we will be covering the entire 2,000 square kilometers of the municipal area with connectivity. The second aspect of it would be enablement of investment into new technologies that allow for better management of municipal utilities, water and electricity usage, um, and reducing then wastage and more effective usage of these utilities within the communities through smart metering solutions. I think when you look at a third aspect, you know, through better management of these utilities, we can now start to direct the usage of these utilities to where it's most needed as well as better future planning, you know, through key trend analysis and real-time data tracking. Um, and what this allows for is, 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 is what this enables and, and creates the opportunity for is better security within the communities through infrastructure mm -hmm. deployments and allows continuous monitoring of public spaces within the smart city that enables a more secure environment for people to live, to work, to play. And I think that's pretty much just the tip of the iceberg, really. I mean... Yeah. We will understand more of what a smart city can <clears throat> enable uh, over the next four, five, six years as we go along. Well, look, I mean, at the end of the day, Mohammed, uh, you know, building these kind of smart cities requires strong public-private relationships. I mean, you, you, you're on, embarked on one now that you're talking about. Uh, what are the challenges uh, building these kind of relationships and, and, and how does Zoom Fiber address these challenges? Uh, have you come across stumbling blocks in the Saldana Bay municipality, for example? What were the, 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 the stumbling blocks you came along, across in building this relationship? So I, mean, I think okay, for, for a long time in South Africa, there's always been a massive challenge 
in aligning expectations of all stakeholders within public and private sector relationships. Personal and political agendas kind of tend to take precedence over service delivery within many public entities. And this doesn't always create the best environment to foster a relationship between public and private sectors. When it comes to Saldana Bay municipality, however, you know, I must compliment mm-hmm. them and, and they're very much a leader in the country. They took the time to do the necessary research uh, um, along with private sector partners. And, and they've played a key role in driving and fostering the right environment that allowed us as Zoom Fiber and a company called Amoeba TSC to be able to deliver on our promise of high-speed connectivity. I think the public-private sector engagement and, and the key fundamental to our relationship here was that the expectations were made clear from the offset and the outcomes were made clear from the offset. You know, and as a collective from day one, all stakeholders work towards holding each other accountable for the delivery of this project in line with each other's expectation. When we look at the challenges that you tend to face, that we've maybe faced in other areas and, you know, with regards to the public sector, um, I think that lack of understanding what the expectations are between the public and private sector really does allow a channel, an avenue for, for personal agendas to start filtering in. So, I mean, what do we mean by personal agendas, right? So, I mean, we have faced quite a few challenges with what is commonly known as work forums within some of the communities mm. where effectively the project is held at ransom um, to the point of where some of our staff were actually held at gunpoint and you know, we had to intervene with, with security. Um, and these factors are not well controlled within the public sector. They are not formal organizations that effectively come in and try and stop the projects. When we start to see personal agendas starting to come in, you know, we tend to rather walk away from, from those sort of communities and invest in communities that have got the correct leadership, that are driving positive change within, within South Africa. So that being said, I mean, we've managed to, come o- managed to overcome a lot of the challenges that we've, that we've faced. And um, yeah. Sona Bay and that relationship has been, has been amazing. I mean, the support from the, that municipality has been phenomenal. That's fantastic. That's great to hear. And I guess, you know, with a project like that, you know, you've got a blueprint that you can take and apply to other municipalities as well, because you've been there, you've done that, you've got the t-shirt, you know what to expect. And it's just replicating what you're doing there. And I guess when you look at what's next for Zoom Fiber from a network and a technology and an expansion point of view, you're going to replicate a lot of what you're doing and grow additional services and business um, models within Zoom Fiber. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think when we look at the Solana Bay project um, or the Bay Bay project, it's, it's pretty much the first in the country of, it, of its kind. Right? I mean, there's not another municipality that I'm aware of that has been this sort of forthcoming um, in, in their approach. So when you look at what next for, for, for Zoom Fiber, I mean, we've built a very strong foundation in, in a very short space of time. And that's very much down to the team. I often remind the team that, hey, I'm the stupid one in the team. You guys are the experts, you know. So you guys are the ones that, that are out there and, and you know what you are doing. So be confident in what you do. In terms of the future for Zoom Fiber, I mean, effectively, um, we will be sitting on about 100,000 endpoints by the end of June. And to my knowledge, that will be the fastest growing, the fastest FNO to achieve that milestone within, within 18 months. We're looking to then double that investment and infrastructure in the country over the next 12 to 24 months 
towards the end of Feb 2024. And that's, that's a medium term goal for us. Emerging markets, as I've mentioned earlier, is a key segment for us, and that excites us quite a bit. And we've uh, put a team together that has started looking at emerging markets throughout Africa um, and taking a view on that. Um, and then something that's also quite close to, to, to my heart and something that is uh, that will really excite you in a few months' time when we can have a, a further discussion around it is what we're calling our Phase 2 development. Um, and the Phase 2 development will ultimately result in us going back to our original areas and start overlaying complementary technologies that will then mm. provide more support to communities, provide more opportunities and enablement within these communities. And it's a really exciting solution that, that, that we're working on. Um, some of it is security-related, crime-preventative measures, um, uh, VR solutions, drone technology that we're looking to introduce, and it's all wrapped up in a very sexy product. Um, so overall, um, a pretty pretty exciting time to be part of part of the Zoom Fiber team. No, that's amazing. It sounds super exciting. I mean, t tell us about the Zoom Fiber team. I mean, we've touched on you, and you're the, you know, you're the CEO, and of course your 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 legacy goes back a long way back to uh, when when Vuma started off. But uh, you've got a very young team, I understand. Tell me about your team at at uh, Zoom Fiber. Yes, yeah, so if you walk through the door here at Zoom Fiber, what you'll find is, is probably one of the most diverse companies that you'll find in a very much a male-dominated sector, if we're being honest with ourselves. We have a team that's um, made up of people of all races, religions, genders, sexual orientation. So really a true reflection of a truly South African organization. The average age of the organization is, is, is around 27. So that puts it into perspective of how young the, the team is. The company is currently 40% female driven. Um, and that's not really good enough for us. I mean, we're a firm believer in equal opportunity for all. And I mean, this would not be possible if we didn't actually balance the scales and drive that as a key objective. I mean, when we yeah. look at, at our executive team, we have a young, energetic, smart team, and they are breaking barriers. And the fresh thinking allows us to create this environment where the team develops ideas and concepts that are very much out of the box. You know, and, I, and I think the fiber industry is not a very old industry. Um, however, it's generally led by an older generation of thinkers within the industry. Right, right. Um, and that, this is where Zoom Fiber has a bit of a unique advantage in that we're locked into the mind, minds of a younger generation, you know, as opposed to the generation that is probably moving more into retirement at this stage. We're very much a people-led organization, we're a firm believer of, of, of a simple principle called people, product, and profits. If we invest in our people, Fantastic. You know, they produce the products that, that, that we require, and those products derive profits. And then you've got to take those profits and put it back into our people. And so the cycle goes. Yeah. So a key, a key aim for us is to have the company being 60% female-led and run, and I mean, we're continuously working towards, you know, development of strong, independent female leaders within Zoom Fiber. Well, Ahmed, uh, very inspirational. Um, and I look forward to watching the progress of, of Zoom Fiber, uh, you know, under two years old and yet already uh, accomplishing so much. I'm looking forward to watching the progress and speaking a year down the line and seeing what else you guys have done. Mohammed Manjira, the CEO of Zoom Fiber, Thank you so much for joining us on What's Next. Thanks, Aki. Thanks for having us on the show.